Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. So uh, I'm very excited because uh, last month um, was my 50th anniversary of coming to the Lord. And I just... And uh, I, I told Pastor Vic I'd like to just get up and, and give my testimony of how I came to the Lord. Came to the Lord on March 26, 1973. That was 50 years ago. And uh, so I'd, I just want to honor the Lord. You know, I'm going to be talking about myself, but it's not about myself. It's about the Lord and, and His grace upon me because I, I didn't grow up knowing the Lord. Uh, so, um, if you can just uh, rejoice with me, because I'm celebrating 50 years in the Lord, amen? And, and I'm really believing the next 50 years are even going to be greater, because God is wonderful, amen? So, I, I want to just uh, tell you a little bit about my childhood, uh, a little bit about how I... Uh, uh, came to the Lord, and um, so if you can just bear with me. So first of all, the Bible says the first, uh, the first uh, commandment with a promise is to honor your father and your mother. So I have a picture of my father and my mother on their wedding day. Um, and uh, so uh, I just want to tell you a little bit about my, um, my dad. His, his dad... Uh, passed away very uh, when he was a little boy. Uh, his, uh, my dad's brother was drowning, and uh, my, my dad's dad went and rescued him, and in the process, he drowned. And so um, I never really knew my dad's side of the family. Uh, my mom's side of the family, uh, my grandparents had 40 acres, and so we spent every, every Sunday out there at their uh, farm. Um, my grandparents, um, on both sides, uh, when they were little kids, they came to America from Quebec. There was a famine in the 1890s in Quebec, and there were thousands of uh, French Canadians that came to Maine and New Hampshire. I grew up in Maine. And uh, my mom, uh, well, um, my, dad's, my dad served in World War II. Um, just a wonderful uh, man. My mom, when she was 12, uh, she had a very high fever. Uh, the doctor came to the house and examined her and told her parents that uh, she wasn't going to survive. There was nothing they could, the doctor could do. And in the middle of the night, my mom saw an angel. And the next morning, she was completely healed. My, uh, they were Catholic, French Catholic. I don't know that they knew the Lord. Uh, my mom knew the Lord. Uh, when the charismatic renewal came in the Catholic Church in the 60s, my mom got filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I think that I'm here today because she prayed a lot for me, okay? And uh, uh, I almost... Uh, uh, I almost didn't survive when I was born. I was four pounds, 10 ounces, but back then that was pretty small. 
Uh, I lived in an incubator for a while. Uh, I survived that. Uh, when I was a year old, I cut myself above my, uh, my right eye, almost died. Um, but uh, God had mercy on me. Um, so I want to tell just a couple stories, okay? Um, when I was six or seven, we, we used to go to this uh, lake uh, and at midnight to go uh, catfish hunting. And, uh, and uh, we were way out, my dad and I, way out on this lake. Oh, I think I have a picture of me and my uh, sisters, so you can see... Uh, that 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 uh, my little brother was born after that. He was uh, uh, I was 16 when he was born. Anyway, that's the, my family I grew up with. Um, so anyway, I was six or seven, and uh, we used to go catfish hunting on this lake, and a very very long lake, and and so the horizon uh, was very low, and there were these really. Uh, beautiful lights on the horizon. And I asked my dad, I said, what are those lights, dad? And he says, those are northern lights. And I was totally amazed. I, and I never knew that I'd live in Alaska where they're right overhead. But uh, that, was a, that was a fun time. Another thing my dad used to do is every spring about this time, uh, he'd, see, uh, he'd see turtles. Uh, they'd wake up after, after winter and they'd be along the side of the road. I think he thought they were hitchhiking because he'd always pick one up, bring it home. We'd drill a hole in the, in the back of the shell and, and let it uh, run around the yard. Uh, every day we'd let it run around the yard. And then in the fall we'd let it go and the next year he'd bring me another one. I always had lots of pets. Uh, the, 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 the ones I, uh, I loved the most was the two uh, crows that I caught. And uh, I could I could just uh, I could just go like this and they hop on my shoulder, uh, pretty cool. Anyway, I always had lots of pets. Um, so um, when I was sixteen, um, um, what's that holiday in in uh, in November? Thanksgiving. So anyway, um, sixteen was the first time my dad took me to to their hunting camp way up in northern Maine, near the Canadian border, uh, about three or 400 miles from our house. And uh, uh, the first morning we were there, my dad said, let's go hunting before breakfast. I'll go this way, you go that way, and we'll meet up, and, and uh, then we'll go back and have breakfast. Well, anyway, um, I got to make a long story short, okay? I got lost in the woods. And... Um, I was lost for 28 hours, and, um, you know, there was snow on the ground. It was winter, uh, well, November, um, and the night was like 14, 15 hours long. After laying, uh, laying on the wet moss for about two hours, I was shivering so uh, uncontrollably that uh, I figured if I fell asleep, I'd never wake up. That was my firm conviction, and uh, but I I, I was uh, so weak and so shivering so much I, I just realized I was there's no way I could stay awake for 
another 13, 14 hours. And uh, uh, in the middle of the night, uh, middle of the night, there was a moon shining. They were really tall uh, uh, pine trees, real, real tall pine trees. And then there was a space, and there was a there was a full moon. I think it was fairly full anyway, shining on my face. And I woke up, and a few seconds after I woke up. I realized I was still alive, and it just blew my mind. And uh, when I woke up in the morning, there was uh, the lower parts of my legs had ice on them, on my pants. My rifle was covered with ice. I think it had been raining in the freezing rain. Um, I was shivering so much it took an hour, approximately, to get enough strength in my arms to push myself up against the tree I was laying, so I was sitting up. It took another hour to get my legs to stop shaking enough so I could stand up. And, uh, you know, we were raised Catholic. I didn't know the Lord, but I was so thankful that uh, God had saved my life that uh, I, I I told God that I would go to go to mass twice a week instead of once a week. I was just so thankful I was still alive. Um, so anyway, um, so in my junior year in, in uh, high school, um, my math teacher, Mrs. Isaacson, there's a picture of her there with me. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but she grew up in Hungary, and she was uh, she was Jewish, and uh, she was taken to the concentration camps, and um, and she survived. She actually wrote a book that she signed and gave me. Uh, I read her read her story. I don't know that she ever knew the Lord, uh, but she was my math teacher in high school, and. Uh, in my junior year, she she uh, she took me and and a, and a Jewish boy and a Jewish girl that were in her math classes and started giving us uh, college math courses in our junior year. And then in our senior year, she uh, she she got the three of us to go to the main state math contest or whatever they call it, and I got third prize. And through that, she. Uh, she wrote letters to colleges. I got accepted at two colleges. Um, my parents didn't have any money. I had a full scholarship. Um, and uh, nobody in my family had ever gone to college. It was like the last, last thing uh, on my mind, but I ended up going to college. Uh, the school was only... 30 miles from my home. It's a little Ivy League school, Bowdoin College. And uh, that was a completely different world. Um, the Catholic Church there was nothing like the Catholic Church I grew up, so I stopped going to church. And uh, But I had made this promise to God that uh, I'd, I'd go to church an extra time every week. Isn't that crazy? So I just go off in the woods and just kind of spent some time 
uh, being by myself. Anyway, uh, I, I went on, I, my um, sophomore year in college, the, the math courses I were taking were getting so, uh, um, so advanced that I couldn't understand what practical use they had. And, uh, and yet I was uh, struggling because uh, I had had an ex a spiritual experience getting lost in the woods there. Um, actually, I, 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 I uh, survived that experience. I was lost for 28 hours. Uh, I didn't tell you, but uh, I lost 15 pounds in that uh, 28 hours. 13, 15 pounds, I, oh, anyway. Um, yeah, so anyway, um, I, I switched from a math major to a philosophy major with a minor in, in religion. And the religion professor didn't know the Lord. Uh, and we studied New Testament, Old Testament. We studied Hinduism. We studied, uh, you know, well, I took a lot of philosophy courses. Um, but I think the best philosophy course I took was logic because I, I learned how to, how to think. Uh, but anyway, uh, my junior year in college uh, was during the Vietnam War. All these drugs, you know, I, I grew up, I, I didn't do a lot of bad stuff when I was a kid. Uh, one time the police came to my, my house, I'll tell you that story. And uh, this looked like he was twice as tall as I was, you know, and he had his badge and his uniform. And anyway, in, in our backyard, I wish Sid was here to hear it, but... In our backyard, there was a, a lot of woods that uh, uh, the guy that uh, owned all that uh, had a D6 cat down there, looked abandoned to me, so I just took my BB gun and shot out all the headlights. And uh, a few days later, this police officer comes to the house. I'm looking up at him. He said, uh, <laughs> yes, I'm the guilty one, yeah. Uh, I didn't go to jail. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> uh, I was told not to do that again. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, in college, uh, um, you know, I, I grew up pretty, you know, I, I mean, I didn't do a lot of bad stuff. But anyway, in college, all these drugs came in, and, and I, just, I just got sucked into it, hook, line, and sinker, as they say. And... Um, Started smoking a pack a half a day. I don't remember when I started doing that. Started doing dope all the time. And, uh, and took LSD every weekend. And uh, that, that was just crazy. And I, it's amazing that I, I graduated. Uh, uh, usually when you took LSD, God forbid that any of you would ever do that. But usually it would last six, eight, ten hours sometimes. One time I... I, I it lasted the third day. Uh, I, I finally went to the college uh, infirmary, they call it, and um, they put me on some sort of a drug, and I came out of it. But uh, I was obviously demonized through that experience. Anyway, um, my senior year, I was just doing drugs all the time. I managed to graduate. Uh, but my grades went from B's to D's, and um, 
Anyway, uh, I graduated. I didn't know what to do with my life. Um, nobody ever told me that you go to college to get a to to get a a good paying job, you know. And uh, I ended up uh, going back to my hometown and I had a just a low paying job, and was there for I don't know eight months or so. And then one day I just up and decided to to put everything in a U-Haul and I drove to California. I did it in three days. I hardly stopped. And uh, ended up in the Bay Area and uh, spent a month trying to find a job. I couldn't, I couldn't find a job. Somebody told me about this uh, CCC, California Conservation Corps, up in the Redwoods. Um, and what we did is we fought forest fires and we built campgrounds. Giselle likes the fact that, uh, in, that my favorite part of that job was uh, we were building this campground. My, my job was to climb the, uh, the Sitka spruce trees um, and cut all the dead branches because, you know, there's campers underneath them, and so you've got to cut the dead branches. So uh, you'd have those spikes, whatever they are, and you're in a belt, you know, and you climb up the tree. Take about an hour and a half, two hours to do a tree climb up all the, do all the dead branches, eat a sandwich up at the top, and uh, just be uh, 120 feet above everybody else. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but when we weren't doing that, when we weren't fighting forest fires, I was one of the cooks, and the, the head cook was the dope dealer in that place. And uh, we got room and board and $40 a month. So I, I'm just being real open and honest with you. This was the life I lived. Got $40 a month. Bought some rolling tobacco. Got some dope. And uh, went into town once a month and got drunk. And that was my life. And it went, went south real quick after we got a raise to $100 a month. Because once we got a raise to $100 a month, I got drunk every weekend. And harder drugs came in, and I started doing LSD again. And uh, it was a miserable existence. I was there for a year. There were about 60 or 80 people there in, in this camp in the middle of the Redwoods. Beautiful place. Uh, one day I uh, one day I woke up in the dorm room, and... Um, my friends said, hey, we want to show you where your car is. I said, my car's out front. They said, no, no, we want to take you and show you where your car is. It was about 50 feet in the woods between all these, you know how big redwoods are. Uh, somehow I had missed all the trees, and I was 50 or 60 feet into the woods. My car was sitting there, and I have no idea what happened. I just passed out. I guess the... Police took me, took me to my dorm room, and uh, at that point I said, I, I, I am losing my mind. I had just got to get out of this place. All there is is drugs here. I, I, I didn't have any friends on the West Coast. I didn't want to go back to the East Coast. I thought, next paycheck, I am just getting out of here. My, I left my, I abandoned my car in the woods there. It's might still be there, I don't know. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, I just said, I'm going to get my $100, and I am just going to get out of, out of Dodge here. I, 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 the only thing I could think is I'll go down to the Bay Area, get some food, and go up and hike in the Sierras because I'd always, I always enjoy hiking. And uh, so I uh, didn't tell anybody. I got my $100, got out hitchhiking, and uh, this big... Uh, Big semi truck picked me up, and uh, it uh, smelled of diesel. And they just put me in the back, and there was two Christians sitting there that had also been hitchhiking uh, from uh, a ministry called Gospel Outreach. This church was started by Gospel Outreach. This was in California, and. Uh, uh, the 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 one the one brother said uh, he said uh, do you know that you're a sinner and the Holy Spirit was so uh, present uh, that all of a sudden I I remembered how I was taught as a kid when you stop going to church that's sin because I was raised Catholic. And that thought came into my mind. I went, yes, uh, I'm a sinner. And he said, did you know that you could be set free from your sin? And I, I, I was very honest. I said, no, I didn't know that. He said, well, you can be. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, listen, my friend is going to uh, Mendocino to the coast, and I'm going to San Francisco. If, if you uh, get off... Uh, on Highway 1, when he gets off, uh, he'll take you a third of the way to where we have a Christian commune. And when you get there, um, you can talk to this brother, and he'll tell you how to be free from your sins. I said, okay. And uh, so we got off, and uh, I think it's the only time I ever saw angels. We He... Uh, we got to the coast in that, that first little town, maybe 100 people, 200 people, just a small little place, um, was where he was getting off. And uh, so I was by myself, and I looked out on the water, and there were these two pillars of fire. And, uh, and I had to hitchhike another, I don't know, what would you say, just about 60, 80 miles, something like that to a little place called Albion. Anyway, I got there, same day, and uh, they told me to talk to this guy named Tomas. Tomas was building the sister's dorm. He had his belt on with his measuring tape and hammer and stuff, and I found him. And I said, hey, uh, I was told that if I talked to you, I could be set free from my sins. He said, uh, uh, what would you like me to explain to you? I said, I don't want anything explained to me. I just want to be free from my sins. I was so, uh, I was so ready to get saved. And uh, he said, you mean like right now? I said, yeah. <laughs> so I got saved March 26, 1973. Couple... 
couple days later, they took me down to the river and got baptized, and I got laid hands on me to get filled with the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you what, if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, get filled with the Holy Spirit. Because uh, there are so many churches, they refuse to have the Holy Spirit in their services. That's blasphemy. The Spirit of God wants to baptize you, wants to fill you with his presence. And uh, so anyway, uh, we lived communally. Uh, they found me a job laying concrete. You know, I, I'd just been doing drugs for a long time. The day I got saved, I stopped doing everything. Just, cold, you know, no, thank you, Jesus. Quit smoking, cigarettes. I'd quit, I'd quit my pack and a half of cigarettes once for six months until I had a, girl, an, a girlfriend I had an argument with, and I was right back to smoking cigarettes again. And uh, the day I got saved, thank you, Jesus, delivered completely. Uh, anyway, they, they got us jobs. Um, after six or eight months, they moved me up to, to Eureka, where the, the, they had a bigger church. And Giselle had been uh, part of uh, gospel outreach here in Alaska, and they sent her down to Eureka. And we ended up being on the same tree planting teams. And uh, I didn't want anything to do with girls, but God kind of put us together. I got a picture of us uh, on our wedding day. We've been, uh, we've been married 48 years, happily married. I think she's got her mouth open because she was praying. Anyway, uh, Bible says if you, you find a wife, you find a good thing and favor from the Lord. Amen? Uh, I just want to share a couple scriptures if I could. Uh, the first one's uh, Romans 7, 18. Um, so, um, you know, a few years after I got saved, I, I started struggling with uh, some habits, and, uh, and I would uh, do things I didn't want to do, and I'd repent, and I'd say, Lord, I'm sorry. And, I'd, uh, and this went on for a while. And um, so I found... I spent about four months, I think, studying Romans. Because Romans is the book that will teach you how to overcome any sin in your life. And uh, so Romans 7.18 says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of it is not. For the good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. So, um, what this teaches is that when you have a hard time living a holy life, it's your flesh that's warring against your spirit. And the sin is in your flesh. It's not in your spirit. We are born again, filled with... the uh, uh, we are born again new creations, amen? We love God and we hate sin. That's our nature. But we have a flesh 
that wars against that God nature in us. Our spirit is born again. And so uh, it's, that's why it says in, in Romans 8, 1, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation because it's the flesh that wars against our spirit. It's not us. You know, I'm a spirit. I have a body. You know, and uh, so once you get that understanding that your spirit is one with God and you are born again, then you can learn the principles of, of uh, your spirit being in charge of your flesh instead of your flesh being in charge, charge of you, you know. You can train your soul. You can uh, keep your flesh in subjection. Amen? Now I want to share another scripture. Matthew 6.10. We all know this scripture. Uh, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. You know the King James says in earth. Most of the translations say on earth. The Greek word can be translated either in or on depending on the context. So I had this revelation many years ago that, uh, you know, I'm flesh. We're, we eat bananas and, and, um, and uh, grain, you know, it comes out of the earth. So I'm in earth. And earth here, you know, we can think about on earth, when we say, thy will be done on earth, that's kind of not personal. But when we say, in earth, I'm earth. And inside of this earth, I want the will of God to be done. Amen? And, you know, uh, Mars is earth. The sun is earth. The visible universe is earth. You know, we live in a physical world. It's all earth, you know? And then there's heaven. There's the heaven above the heavens of the of the of the galaxies, you know. And uh, so we're in Earth. We're in this Earth realm. There's a heaven realm. There's an Earth realm. We want the will of God to descend from God's throne, which is in my heart. Right? Because he lives in my heart. And he wants to come out of my heart. He wants to have his will be done in this earth here. This earth. As well as Wasilla. As well as Anchorage. As well as Sudan. You know, Jesus was getting ready to, he was in Gethsemane. He said, not my will, but thine be done, Lord. So we're being like God when we want his will to be done. Now, I got one last scripture, one of my favorite scriptures, Numbers 14, 21. And uh, the children, God had sent the spies into the promised land. And they came back with an evil report, 10 of the spies. Two of them had a good report. 
But the, the people all believed the ten spies that had the evil report. You know? And uh, God had wanted to send that generation into the promised land because God had a purpose for them and they refused. But God said, God, God was so upset, he wanted to wipe out the whole nation. God said, I will take you, Moses, and I'll raise up a new nation from your... And, and, and Moses, like Jesus, was an intercessor. And he said, Lord, do not destroy these people. You know, it, was, it wasn't God's heart to destroy these people, but they had uh, sowed uh, disobedience. They had sowed, uh, you know, they were worshiping idols. You know, they built this... Uh, they were worshiping idols. And God was pretty upset. But this is what he said. He says, it's truly as I live. So God swore by his own self that the whole earth would be filled with his glory. You know, I was talking a little bit about, well, Giselle was talking about this guy in Texas that murdered these five, this family of five. And... Uh, and then we're talking about uh, the situation in Sudan where you have these two armies fighting each other and uh, hundreds of people are being killed every day. Um, so the whole earth isn't currently filled with the glory of God. But God himself said, as surely as I live, all the earth, and there's that word earth again, are we on earth or in earth? See, all the earth will be filled with the glory of God. Well, if the whole earth is going to be filled with the glory of God, it's going to come through us. Because God has delegated his authority to his church. And so if the whole earth is going to be filled with the glory of God, we have to be his ambassadors. We have to be his voices. We have to be the ones who lay down our lives and, and, and go and preach the gospel. And uh, frankly, um, we're doing not as good a job as we could be. You know? And uh, one thing, uh, my first pastor, Jim Durkin, one thing he taught me, I'll just close with this. Uh, one thing he taught me is that when you are walking with God, you go from strength to strength, from glory to glory, but you never want to be comfortable with the glory and the strength that you've attained because there's always more. God is infinite. God is infinite. And you, never, you don't want to ever get comfortable saying, I've achieved everything God destined for me to achieve. No, I haven't. I'm not being honest if I say I've achieved everything God wants me to achieve. I, I am pressing on that the next 50 years are going to be more glorious than the first 50 years. 
Amen? And so I'm going to pray that for all of us, okay? Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.